Hello and welcome to the Post Up Podcast. I'm Cyrus. I'm with Kaunda. As always, it's time for us to give you NBA content from the African continent. Kaunda Chama, you are always one of the biggest Lakers supporters, biggest NBA supporters, and now you're going to be one of the biggest supporters of the Post Up Podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm great, Cyrus. Uh, it's a great time, Cyrus. This time, things are happening in every team. And, 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 you know, you've been speaking about parity since the beginning of the season, right? And yeah. I'm beginning to see it. Parity is real because you never know. No, we'll, you really never know. You never know. Will, will Damian Lillard beat the Nuggets or will, you know, Jamal Murray come in in the clutch? Will... Would the Lakers be healthy or will LeBron and AD go down at the same time? Will yeah. Steph be out giving, you know, a, another team the chance to just beat the Warriors? It, it, it's it's interesting. Will, will the Celtics just hold on and say, we want that, you know, good record? Or could the Pelicans be the best record in the West? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that should have been a common song with most deaf. These are the questions. These Cyrus, are the questions. I am loving NBA basketball right now. I'm loving it. It's I'm loving it. Unbelievable. Well, let's uh, show a little bit of love to to our partners and also to give everybody our social media handles before we get into everything. Make sure you follow us on post at Post Up Podcast on Twitter, at Post Up Zone on Instagram, at Post Up Zone on Facebook for all things NBA from an African perspective. We're based on the continent. We love this game. And uh, thanks and a shout out to our partner, Supersport.com. Now, Kaunda, um, this week we're going to be talking about the MVP race, the candidates, people who are putting their hands up and, and being noticed, guys who are sort of sleeper hits. You know, we don't know quite whether or not they'll be able to maintain this all the way through to the rest of the season. Um, and, and then potentially also looking at guys who could have an outside bet as to being an MVP. I think it's early enough, yet also long enough into the season where we can start to see the picture start to shake, take shape. It's a bit like when you're making a puzzle and you start with the edges like a normal person would, um, <laughs> as opposed to some of these other heroes who start in the center. And we're seeing this picture take shape, but we're also seeing some people, like faces emerging. Um, do we start at the top? Do we start at the, the favorite right now? Because I think if you're looking at like NBA.com, or most of these other um, sites who are looking at who the MB MVP frontrunners are on a ladder basis, Jason Tatum seems to be the name that keeps coming up time and time again in terms of potential MVP at the end of the season. Regular season MVP, what do you think, Kaunda Chama? Cyrus, I, I think you're being a bit presumptuous uh, and you're following the current numbers. I, I think let's start with who the, not the least favorite, because we're going to go down like, 450 players but let, 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 let's go down top between top five and top 10 then wake ourselves up to Jason Tatum who's obviously the the favorite at the moment because I, I think starting at the top and going to the bottom kind of makes it seem as oh. if we've accepted that Jason Tatum is going to be the MVP. We're, we're, talk, we're talking about the narrative here. We're talking about the narrative. We're not saying this is what's been decided. We're talking about the narrative. So, in essence, I think it's a great way to start yep. because, you know, we don't have to spend so much time. We know exactly who Jason Tatum is. But let's follow your route. Let's go down to 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 the Riverside if you want. Um, where do you want to start then? Who do you think will be sort of like top five, potentially even in the top ten? I mean, there's so many people who are putting their hands up right now. 
Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think should be in that top five of, of candidates? In that top five, Cyrus, uh, you, you know, like like we've been talking, JT and and Yanis always belongs up there in, in the current iteration of uh, the NBA. But uh, if you were to ask me at this moment, which, which we just did, uh, let's look at my son. S O N and S U N. Share the Memphis Grizzlies. Share the Memphis out of the Grizzlies, lighting it up. I called him. I, I, I called him uh, AI, as in Allen Iverson 2.0. And you had your reservations, which I respect. But Jamorant, I, I, I still have those reservations. At number five, Cyrus, I am giving Jamorant season stats. Listen to me, 28.3 points a game, right? Uh-huh. 6.6 rebounds a game. And we got to remember, this is not the tallest guard in the in the league and 7.6 yeah. assists per game. 7.6 assists a game is only like, like, like what? 2.4 assists less than like a double-double, if you will. And, and you got to look at this guy. He's a scoring point guard. He's not really an assisting point guard as what your Chris Paul and them would be, right? So yeah. look at this guy for what he's worth. And look at this guy for what he's done. He's been uh, undermined by being the second guy spoken about after Zion Williamson. Let me just keep it there. Let me just keep it there because I've had a chip on my oh, shoulder no. on his behalf because when he came into the league, everybody's like, oh, yeah, when Zion gets back, yeah, yeah, Jay, Ja Morant's playing. But when Zion gets back, Ja Morant might be doing this, but when Zion gets back. So, you know, it, it put a, a chip on his shoulder. Then he gets the Rookie of the Year award, right? Uh-huh. After that, he gets the Most Improved Player Award. So, so this guy, this young guy, he's on that part, huh? from Lusaka, <laughs> via Memphis, <laughs> from Lusaka, from Lusaka. Via Memphis. Uh, I don't even know if he knows where Lusaka is. No, I, I think okay. he's from Memphis via Lusaka. Let, let, let okay. me be, okay. let me be clear. He's from Memphis, <laughs> like in terms of team wise, right? This from Memphis, Valusaka. <laughs> I, I, I think at number five, Cyrus, I'm putting up my hand confidently for my boy, Jamorant. Look, I, I can't argue with you. And obviously, like, let's say the, the NBA.com rankings have him there as well, right? Um, the numbers really speak highly of where he is. And I think the other thing about an MVP candidate, and this is one thing that we have to, to make sure, is like, what makes a person an MVP frontrunner? Because there are going to be a lot of names that people will start calling out, like, um, let's say Anthony Davis, for instance, right? Straight Where people up. are saying, well, he's having an MVP caliber um run for a while, scoring 55 points and, and then having other really big point scoring nights. Um, but we also know that he has to do more than just point scoring. And I think we almost get too focused on the point scoring, though it really is important if you're, if you're wanting to be um, seen to be a, a contender. Uh, but the other thing is it's your all-around game, your contribution, but also most importantly, and this is why Anthony Davis might not necessarily be getting even a proper nod in that regard, it's your team standings. Because come the end of the season, if the Lakers end the season where they are right now, there's no ways in hell that Anthony Davis is getting the MVP. Even if he is the, you know, the scoring leader 
and uh, and and maybe even the the rebounds leader as he is right now, um, stats wise, because Cyrus, most of the time, wait, wait, the wait a minute, wait, is important. wait a minute, you always find a way to poo poo on the Lakers. Now let, let me set you straight. First of do, do, all, do you feel that that first the of fact all, of poo pooing? I mean, first yeah. of all. Two MVPs I'm going to give you, deservedly so. Mm -hmm. When Kevin Durant won MVP, I'll give you three. Where were the Golden? Yeah. Where were the, uh, the, 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 the Oklahoma City oh, Thunder? Oh man, Second, I can't even remember. When yeah. Russell Westbrook won MVP, yeah. where was Sixth. OKC? And when the Houston, when, when James Harden won MVP, where were the Houston Rockets? Let's just keep it real. Were they not third? But still, where and they're the Jokic top. was sixth in where, the Denver Nuggets. You don't have to be top. You don't have to be top. So, but, but there's, still, there's still a chance. The, the, the well, regular season... Not riding them off. Not and, riding them off. Sometimes, sometimes injuries do happen. Remember, you are the same witch. I will call you a witch because <laughs> you started talking about the potential <laughs> LeBron James injuries. And from the day you started, help me. What it's has just been how happening? it is, Tanda. What is has the been happening? Down. But let, look, let me ask you a question. Let me let ask me. you a question in answer okay. to your question. Right? Why aren't you on the court right now? Because in South Africa right now, it <laughs> is you got injured. You got injured. No, no. <laughs> Actually, serious. Right? Sorry, but, on a serious yeah. note, I'm back tomorrow. But on a serious note, right? I understand yeah. where you're coming from. It's not about just player performance it's also where because you can't be at the team that winds up at the bottom of the no, uh, you're not going to win MVP and, and with the Lakers been, yeah you've been lighting things up but still uh, if your team is at the bottom of the conference or the bottom of the league as a whole there's no way we can call you an MVP because how valuable are you if your team is not even performing well when you're adding your value right but you yeah. know that, 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 that is that has gray areas as well as black and white areas, but let's just move on for the sake of not... And, and that's my point, right? It's not even an argument. The point being, your team's got to be performing. And in recent years, the lowest that an MVP has been has been sixth place, being Nikola Jokic Which is and Nikola Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. Right? Russell Westbrook and Nikola Jokic. Their teams were in sixth place. So it's not an impossibility if, if um, Anthony Davis continues to play well and the Lakers managed to find their way up the table. I don't see them finishing seventh and him winning MVP. That would be a, a bridge too far for some people, um, considering that that would be in the play in places. So he'd have to be within the playoff places as the Lakers and, and then moving forward from there. But anyway, we're obviously getting well, ahead of ourselves because this is early if, in the if season. The, if the Lakers were to finish sixth or seventh, would and, 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 and Anthony Davis... Uh, maintain this current tra trajectory, would you give him an MVP nod? I would definitely give him an MVP nod. There's no question okay. about it. Okay. But, okay. but then you look at somebody like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who could potentially be in fifth place right now. Um, mm -hmm. uh, no, isn't. I mean, we, we haven't even Great continued kid. the Great time kid, yet. But Great he's kid. averaging 31.1 points per game right now. I mean, that's an unbelievable number. Um, but you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder and Yes, they're currently sitting um, in, excuse me, they're currently sitting in 12th place in the West. 
that's not going to get you into the MVP race. It will get you into the conversation. And I think that's also where we've got to really draw a line here to say, what does the MVP conversation race and contention mean so we we generally have an understanding so i think that there's some players right now as we record this obviously they're not going to win the mvp but Mm -hmm. we have to keep them in mind and that's why when we look at john morant i definitely think he's in he's in with a real shot and i like him as, as the sort of fifth selection now to go to where people are looking at like let's say fourth it gets a bit tricky for me because um you know some of the guys who are out there I think the top three is pretty much standard. Um, and I think that you have to put somebody like Nikola Jokic in a fourth spot. Though, if I'm being totally honest, Kaunda, one other guy I would definitely put way up there is Devin Booker. Um, he's been playing sensational basketball right now. And I think that he's the, one of these players who we really have Look, to... Cyrus, uh, I, I agree with to. Nikola Jokic because... Uh... The the Nikola Jokic selection, Cyrus, I agree with that because first of all, he first of all he's back to back, right? He's a he's a back to back MVP. Yeah, and then he, you know, what what happens with some players when they do like back to back or even win the first one, they taper off in the season following, right? And you Hmm. see the performance go down because they've got the accolade, they've got that trophy at home, and they're like, you know. I just have to somehow hope my team pushes for that championship. But Nikola Jokic, Yanis Atatakumpo, they have no brake in their car. It's accelerator and clutch. They only change gears and accelerate. And 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 I think uh, it, it's it's also similar to the guy you brought up in Devin Booker. You know we love Devin Booker, one of the yeah, best most guys in the league and representing Phoenix to the fullest. But uh, Cyrus. You know, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but then again, I don't. Because would you say, okay, l- let's say, where are you coming from? Are you saying we replace Jokic with Booker, or are we saying we put them at the same spot? I would, I would, I'd find it difficult to separate them, though I think I'd probably go Booker. Obviously, I think that Jokic should be one of the candidates, but he's not going to win a three-peat. I don't think he's going to win a third MVP on the trot unless the Nuggets finish as the number one seed, which is, is possible. Um, and he just absolutely kills every statistical category. I think Jokic in the last two years had to perform at an incredible level because of the injuries that had been hampering the Nuggets to Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. Murray's back, and that takes some of the scoring load and pressure off him. So I don't know if he'll maintain that. But let's look at this, the, the stats here specifically, right? Um, team standings. Phoenix is currently second in the West as we record this. So uh-huh. that's a nod in, in, in Booker's favor. Then yeah. we look at the points per game standings, right? And even in points per game, Booker is averaging more points per game than Jokic right now. He's averaging 27.9 points per game, whereas Jokic is averaging 23.5 points per game. Let's look at, at assists, and this is where you start to see Jokic's um, his, his um, overall skill set is what pushes him into that caliber because he's third in the league in assists per game um, yep. at 8.9 per game right now. But what's great is that you've had Devin Booker had to really start to 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 maintain some of that 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 um, passing ability while Chris Paul's been out for 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 the Suns and he's averaging 5.9 assists a game obviously a lot less than Jokic but the thing is he's doing a lot more of the scoring so he's managing to keep within that that ranking so I'm going with Booker as my fourth in the standings in this particular case but I can totally see why most people will go with Jokic 
No, Jokic is doing good, and 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 I'm look. I'll, I'll go with Jokic. I, I would disagree with your Booker as much as I like Booker. And and if you look at the standings, where are the uh, uh, Nuggets compared to where the Suns are, right? And how much? I mean, the Nuggets are fourth. It's not that bad. I mean, they're they're like a, a game back from the Suns, so it's not like so, they're miles. So, so, or... so they're coming up. And 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 uh, as we record this, I was watching a game. Uh, the, the 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 evening before we record this, Cyrus, where the the Nuggets took on the Portland Trailblazers, and mm. that boy Jamal Murray just he stuck the dagger. They won by one point, but yeah. he was the one who stuck the dagger in the back of Damian Lillard because in the last like five minutes, it was him and Lillard. It was the Damian yeah. Lillard Jamal Murray contest, right? And I was just thinking, okay, the fact that Nikola Jokic is not doing well, let's not say he's not doing as good as he he was last season. The fact that he's allowed to relax a little bit is because he's got his two IC, if I may call him yeah. that for the purpose of this in Jamal Murray, who's back and he's getting his groove back. And you can see that, okay, he can even take those clutch shots instead of leaving it in the hands of the big man. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and Cyrus, I respect the Devin Booker decision because, you know, Books is one of our guys. Big shout out to him. Cover of the current NBA 2K game. You know, that's important. But I'm stepping into the Joker realm and saying Nikola Jokic is my number four. Okay. No problem. Obviously, this is what we love. We love to agree to disagree and also give give our love to these players. It's not as if we're hating on anybody and saying, no, this guy's way better. It's just... For me, this is the stat, this is why, the way I view it, and, and the importance of this player to the team. And I think that Jokic is doing well. I think the Nuggets, for me, have just been underperforming. But then at the same time, you know, it's, it's not as if these are the guys who are the real frontrunners. And I think this is why when we go to the top three, um, as of what's happening on, on NBA.com, and general consensus, I think we'll talk of them in no general order, uh, though I did mention Tatum potentially being a lot of people's favorites. But you've got Luka Doncic, and you got Giannis Antetokounmpo as the sort of guys making up the top three. How would mm-hmm. you line them up? Do you think Doncic is potentially third in the pecking order right now? Or is Giannis third? Which one of them is second? If Tatum is first, maybe one of them is first for you. How do you see that top three? Cyrus, to tell you the truth, right? I've been hoping this is Doncic's MVP year because okay. he's young. He's done a lot of things, and uh, he's a young leader to a team that causes disruption in the West. You know what the Dallas Mavs do. They, 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 they can come up there and cause like teams like the Clippers, Lakers, Suns, all of them, problems. And, and, and at, the, at the center of that has always been Luka Doncic since he arrived in the, in the NBA. But the problem at the moment is, I don't understand what the whole Jalen Branson trade was all about because now that has just kept the pressure on Luka Doncic because um, when, when, when you look at the fact that they also got rid of Christoph Porzingis, one of the guys you met in 2017, or was it 2018? When 2018, him, I think it was. You had to ask him to move so that you could do an interview with Akon. Yeah, I remember no. that. I remember that. <laughs> that was, that, that so wasn't well. Porzingis. CJ McCollum. Was that Cousins? Oh, no, but you remember? No, Porzingis was there. Yeah, in fact, it was Porzingis. You were actually so busy that I remember watching the people around you because I was standing back and you had to, you know. Anyway, that, 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 besides that, 
uh, when you look at the the kind of supporting cast that he has at the moment uh, in terms of uh, like who does he really have you know like Reggie Bullock yeah. does he, you, no, the, you know there's, there's really not a lot of help there Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. Do you know Frank, that Frank Milikina? If um, there's ever been a guy who deserves to potentially have the junior after his name, it's Tim Hardaway. When you compare him to his dad, <laughs> he, he deserves that junior. Don't take it away because he cannot. <sighs> Cyrus, when I watch him, I'm like, his dad was so much better. You know, it's not like when you look at Clay Thompson yeah. and you think of his dad and you think, nah, Clay Thompson definitely, you know, are playing dad here. <laughs> you, you know, they, 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 there's certain people whose parents have played. Oh, come I mean, right. even that, when that you look at Gary, Gary Payton's son, you, you, I'm thinking one day when Gary Payton Jr. like really takes off, we might have to take off that junior so that we just give him his respect. But if, <laughs> dude, he and deserves don't forget, He's the second, junior. not junior. He's the second. Gary Payton, GP two, GP two. But it, you know, you you know, my guy at the Mavs deserves a junior because he is so junior to his dad, who, who popularized. <laughs> the, no, he popularized the the the, the 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 hectic crossover. You know, the big crossover, the major crossover. No, obviously, Tim Hardaway was incredible. This shouldn't be a Tim Hardaway Jr. bash fest. We get that okay. you don't really particularly but, but, love but the guy. But, but I'm just saying, though, that Luka Doncic, I, I, I keep him at third because I know he's working hard. And then, okay, in the past, he's also sold himself short because he said it's easier to score in the NBA than it is in Eurobasket. And you know he's going on record as saying that, right? Is, is he wrong, though? Look at him leading the scoring numbers in the NBA. 32.9 points per game. Maybe he should score some more so that his team can be doing better <laughs> because it's so he's, easy for him, right? But he's this is the problem. No, because it, it look is at a team sport. Look at Doncic is making the NBA seem like it's me versus you. And, you know, I'm getting my double-double and you're doing your thing, you know, icing your knees on the side. But let's not go into this, Cyrus. <laughs> okay, oh, Kounda, on note. another one today. On, on, on another a, on one. A, on a serious note. On a serious note, right? Look at Doncic gets my third spot because as hard as he's working, his team seems to be keeping him, you know, in, in, in that third position because th th that's just where the, the, the Mavs are. And, mm. and, and, you know, that. but Luca, you know, he he's balling out. I mean, look at the guy he was traded for and let's not get too deep into that and where his Hawks are and, and, and look at what well, Luca's doing. You're talking about the trading the picks and, and the swap and all of that stuff. I mean, yeah, I, we, I, I get it. I get it. The Euro skepticism, I guess, because they were like, look, we know Trey, we've seen his college record. Who's this European kid yeah. who's won MVP in, in Europe? Blah, 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 blah. But I, I look at this, though, and I, I, I'm, I don't think I disagree with you in terms of putting Luca as potentially third. But that, for me, is generally due to where the Dallas Mavericks are sitting right now and where they could potentially finish the end of the season. Because I don't see the Mavericks really pushing for a top five um, place in the West. They're currently seventh in the West as we record this, three games back from first, which is the Pelicans, as you mentioned before. But Luka Doncic has just been sensational. And I think if he does enough to even get the Mavs to sixth, that might be the MVP in the bag for him if some of the other guys fall off. Because when you look at it, like I said, averaging 32.9 points per game, that's basically 33 points per game, right? 
You then look at him, and he's also in the assist uh, ranks here, and he's assisting 8.7 um, assists per game. That's 0.2 off of Nikola Jokic's numbers right now. Obviously, way behind the likes of Trey Young, who's at 9.5, and then Tyrese Halliburton at 11. Unbelievable. But, you know, you look at those stats, and you think, okay, Doncic is really on a tear. So I wouldn't write him off. Um, and you haven't either. But I think we're looking at this Never. and we're saying, okay, fine. Maybe we just have to sort of slow it down a bit and say, look at three, and then, you know, we've got two other guys in the top two. Uh, but before we get into the top two calendar, let's take a quick break. So, Kate, we're talking MVP here. We're looking at the top two candidates. We're seeing a Yanis Atentacumpo and a Jane, uh, Jason Tatum. And it's really quite an interesting discussion to be had here because these two guys are from the East. Most of the other guys that we've spoken about um, from our MVP candidature have been West players. So it's interesting to see the, the, the East shining this way. We're also talking about guys whose teams are currently first and second in the Eastern Conference as we record this. Um, yep. Do you think that it is Tatum 1 as we record this and Giannis second? Um, what's your take on that? Uh, Cyrus, uh, and I'm going to be real here, right? You know, I love my African brothers uh, and, and I got their backs all the time. Whether it's mm. Joel Embiid, Pascal, as we Siakam, do. Bismarck, Biombo, you know we got them. But I, I think this might be uh, recency bias <laughs> on my part. But I, I, and the fact that uh, we've gotten used to Yanis playing at that MVP level, right? Mm-hmm. But I've got to drop Yanis at the moment, who I will be honest to tell you, currently I consider to be the best player in the NBA. Mm. I used to think it could be KD, but I think Yanis has surpassed KD in terms of being a two-way player, what he does defensively and what he does offensively. And the, the parts of his game, which we consider to be deficiencies, how he has gone into the offseason in the summer, as they call it, and worked on those things like his three-point shot, his mid-range. You know, he's not once and upon a time. Throws. Free throws. That there's no countdown from ten. Although my boy Russ tried to do some stuff the other day, and that didn't work. <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and, and you know, mid range, and we used to call him a semi one trick pony with a euro step to the bucket. That ain't the case no more. And, and, and I, I love what Yanis is doing, but at the moment, looking at what the teams are doing and the circumstances in which they find themselves. I got to put Yanis second. And, and and I know I'm the one who would tell you that maybe the, the, the you know, the Bucks might meet the Warriors in the finals. That's what I said at the beginning of the season. But still, mm. at the moment, in terms of performances, I think I got I got to put Yanis second behind uh, Jason Tatum, yeah? I don't disagree with you. I absolutely love Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, um, we, we both rock our Giannis jerseys with pride. Um, and his numbers are just sensational. I mean, 32.1 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game, and 5.6 assists a game are really great numbers, regardless of player. And he's also on a great scoring streak at the moment, averaging like he's scoring over 30 points. And I think he's done that for like almost eight games in a row. Um mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that he can continue to do well 
to win games for for the Bucks and also to to improve his stats. The thing is, when you look at it as a con uh, as a, him as a contestant um, and a candidate for MVP at the end of the season, his Bucks should be up there. They're probably going to finish the season within the top four places in, in in the Eastern Conference, and they'll be comfortably there as long as everybody's fit and raring to go. I mean, they've just welcomed back Chris Middleton to that team, so there's not. The pressure to score every single bucket really isn't on him like it is on a Luka Doncic, right? Um, yeah. You've got uh, Chris Middleton back. He can score. You've got Drew Holiday back. He can score a bit. Uh, Brooke Lopez has been playing quite well. It's just that the Bucks always feel as if they've got one or two other players that they can can definitely bring in. And I think that's what I feel we're going to see when it comes down to winning time. You know, when we're looking at what teams are, are best prepared to make a real run for the championship? I think the Bucks are a move away from really solidifying that team, giving them a greater chance at beating any of the other teams that they come, that come up against in the playoffs, as long as everybody's fit and ready to go. So Giannis is the second pick right now. I totally, totally get it. Um, obviously, this is a, with a big caveat that anything can change in the NBA. With the drop of a hat, anything can change. Um, but I think, yeah, Giannis's numbers, they're sensational. I'd love for him to win another MVP, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, he's got two, why not three? Uh, isn't that what he said about kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he also said he was hoping for a freaky gift on his birthday. So, Dude, you, unbelievable you know guy. You know where he's Unbelievable but, uh, guy. Big shout out to, to Giannis. And I always go back to the fact that in 2015, you and him were on the same bus, which I didn't make. And, and you went to... Uh, it was nice, the entire uh, the Atletico uh, family. Atletico family, and you you went to a like a community assist uh, facility, and you did some good stuff there with Yanis, and I wasn't there, so it still hurts me because yeah, look, it's you, all good. You, you chewed with him before he became Yanis. He was just oh, he, he was he was Yanis, just not quite the Greek freak. Yes, um, yeah, you, you two do with Yanis before he was the Greek freak. But <laughs> that being that, like uh, you know, we love him. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, absolutely do. Absolutely the Greek, do. The Greek can the Greek people can have ten percent. We we get the ninety. And and I think that's that's a fair yeah, fair. fair distribution. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the guy who is sitting at number one. Then, as as we're looking at potential MVPs come the end of the season, right now Jason Tatum seems to be the front runner and. It's really hard to look past him when you look at the stats, when you look at the team standings, uh, the performances that he's been putting in. It's really incredible, and I think most people will agree this could be the making of him. I had a feeling at the beginning of the season, remember when we had these early calls and I was on other yep. podcasts saying, you know, I feel Giannis will be MVP. I still actually feel that at the end of the season, though right now he's not quite the front runner. Um but I said, uh, outside bet will be Jason Tatum because I think Tatum showed last season that he's got the capacity to get even better. His stats right now, he's averaging 30.5 points per game, 8.2 rebounds per game, 4.1 assists a game. The Boston Celtics are the best in, in, in the Eastern Conference and frankly, the best in the NBA. Their record is 21-5 and five as we record this podcast. And it's hard to, to look past them as being the front runners for, for the NBA championship or at the very least to make the finals considering all of the drama that started at the beginning of the season with them uh, letting go of their coach in... Um, um, I'm going to go blank here. Ime Udoka. All of his off-the-hardwood off the uh, antics. Um, but what have you seen in Tatum 
that makes you feel like he is the number one prospect for MVP right now? Cyrus, the, this kid ha, ha, has just been getting better and better. I, I remember um, the year uh, was 29, no, 2018. If when you start a sentence with, the year was, and then everything starts to go into sepia tones, and we'd hear that old-timey piano playing. You know, Cyrus, <laughs> he, 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 dunked, he dunked on the King LeBron James and stared him down. Yeah, it, it was. I remember the same, that Eastern it, Conference it was, Finals. It wasn't the same as when his teammate Jalen Brown scored on Steph and stared him down, and then Steph showed him who was the boss. It was a bit of a different story. <laughs> you, oh, you what's know what I mean? Didn't LeBron it, still it go and win that series? You yeah, know? yeah, but still, but 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 you know what Steph showed Jalen. But in that, but anyway, yeah. because dunking on somebody and re-dunking on somebody is very difficult. But scoring yeah. a three on a on the best three-point shooter in the world, and then the three-point shooter going, "Oh, really, young man? Let me show you how it's <laughs> done with my eyes closed." Yeah, you know. Anyway, 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 back to Jason Tatum, Cyrus. First of all, Jason Tatum. When you look at him as a three-guard, right? This guy mm -hmm. is tall. He's long. And what he's able to do in that position and that body structure is really incredible. And, and, and that lets you know why he is where he is at the moment. And the Boston Celtics have been scratching that wanting to win the finals, even back in the days when uh, Isaiah Thomas, not Isaiah Thomas number 11 from the Pistons, but the Isaiah Thomas the, uh, of, of, of the Celtics. Number the zero Lakers, from the Celtics was at that franchise and i think jason tatum uh after my boy kyrie Irving didn't quite be the leader they expected has taken on that mantle and says i'm gonna take this team to the promised land and they came close last season but they just met a golden state warrior franchise that said <laughs> no we've beaten the king before so uh don't come up in here thinking you can just have like a cakewalk you <laughs> got to do your homework but still they did do their homework they just missed a couple of pages and then they were beaten in six games right cyrus mm -hmm. jason tatum is the truth i know the truth is paul pierce but at the moment jason tatum is the truth because he is leading that franchise and I know they've had their problems. I like the way you said off the hardwood drama. Cyrus, mm -hmm. you have got more in windows than I can <laughs> Lord. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> Joe Mazula uh, had to mm -hmm. pick up where Emil Doka left off, right? Or was told yeah. to leave off. I think has done a great, a great, you know, work of getting this team to still believe in themselves, to ignore the off-court and on-court drama. They still don't have time load back, you know. No, they, 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 they still don't have their big guy. They can't play Lob City at the moment because they don't have time load back. So, and when you look at what Jason Tatum is doing in terms of that leadership position, I'm not even going into the numbers because I know that's your division, that's your department, Cyrus, and you're going to break them down. But Jason Tatum, at the moment, I'm not saying he's the best player in the NBA because that mantle belongs to Yanis Atatokounmpo. But at the moment, in terms of performance and team impact, Jason Tatum is my MVP frontrunner.
at the top spot. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And, and you know, you said a lot of stuff. Let me just also clarify. Um, Isaiah Thomas was number four at the Celtics, not zero. But the thing is with Tatum, All right. you yeah, look at some of the Tatum advanced now. metrics. You look, at, you look at the advanced metrics, right? I mean, offensive rating, Jason Tatum is fourth in the NBA right now. That's behind Nikola Jokic, crazily Aaron Gordon, Derek White also at the, at the Boston Celtics, uh, and then himself. But the thing with, with those ad, advanced metrics is that often you'll find like teammates will be up there because they've generally shared the hardwood quite a lot of times. So Derek White, Jason Tatum, and Sam Hauser, Marcus Smart are all quite high up in offensive rating. Um, but you've got to give it to Tatum for being one of the leaders on that team, pushing. Uh, what, yep. what I like is, you know, you look at somebody like Tatum and you also realize he's also done well in a team environment because his usage percentage is, is also up there. He's like sixth highest in terms of player usage um, in the NBA. Giannis is number one in that, in that, in that uh, category. Um, Jalen Brown is ninth within those standings as well. So you can see that the team turns to him. Net rating, he's also up there as well. So Tatum has definitely had a lot of impact on every single game that he's been on. Uh, been in and when the Celtics have won big often Jason Tatum has gone big so you can see that he's the heartbeat of this team and he was from last season he continues to be now though it has to be qualified he did fall off in the NBA finals and that was a big no-no for a lot of people who were like you're supposed to be the next big deal and and it didn't work out for him he really fell off completely but this is a, a different Tatum that we're seeing here a different beast. He's trying to tap into that Mamba mentality. We've seen him constantly talk about Kobe and Kobe's impact on him. And you're seeing him bear the fruits of the hard work that he's put in. So I think that Jason Tatum, as the front runner for MVP right now, is a really great shot. But I think that also we have to be very mindful that because we're only like a quarter of the way through the season, things are going to change pretty rapidly as we start to get to business time. So. Yes, Tatum is that guy, but he's not. He, he potentially might not, not even be the MVP come the end of the season if somebody like Giannis starts to go absolutely buck wild. See what I did there, and um, and 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 does really well with his team. The more he bucks, you know, um, <laughs> it is what I do, Kanda. It is what I do. So to round off the show, I think this week let's try a little something different. I want to ask you a few questions around some of the big topics in the NBA, teams in the NBA. Um, and see what get your thoughts on them. So we're seeing that there's an issue with Trey Young and Nate McMillan at the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he missed a game. He was called out on it. People have been talking about that. I'm not really too concerned about all of those mm-hmm. antics as such, but I want to get your feelings on if you were in charge of the Atlanta Hawks and your star player in Trey Young is having issues with your coach who's done relatively well and has managed to bring in guys like DeJounte Murray and gotten them to play well, which side of the coin do you rest on? Do you try to side with your player and give him more support to try and make him feel more comfortable? Or is this a situation where you side with a coach or do you try your best to meet in the middle somewhere? Cyrus, in this situation, especially looking at how young Trey Young is, see what I did there. Um, oh yeah, 
you 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 sort of stay in the middle because uh, Trey Young is still relatively new in the league. Uh, you know, um, just the other day yeah, we in were relative about terms, how yeah. Him and uh, you, you know, um, uh, uh, Doncic are gonna play in the Rising Stars Challenge. You know, he wasn't so long ago, <laughs> and. Um, Cyrus, you, you got to look at you got to manage your superstars. You you know this from mm. from Jordan, from Bird, from from Magic, all the way up to Steph and, and Clay and them. You got to manage your superstars, Giannis, whatever. But yeah. at the same time, you got to give respect to coaches. So that's where Nate McMillan say comes in. And I think at this situation, no player is bigger than the league. But at the same time, no coach is bigger than the league. So you got to find some middle ground and say, guys, what is the goal here? Is it for Trey Young to be a superstar or Nate McMillan to be a super coach? Or is it for the Atlanta Hawks to win a title? So I think you you mm. you, you meet somewhere in the middle. And, and and if somebody out of the situation isn't willing to meet in the middle, then you you just have to let them go. Because at the... At the end of the day, these are businesses. There might be teams and franchises that we are emotionally attached to, but let's step, take a step back and say they're also businesses, right? So if somebody yeah. isn't willing to come to the party, you got to let that person go. Whether it's the player or the coach, they have to go. And sadly, in today's NBA, most of the time it's the coach. Yeah, that is the case. Most of the time, it is the coach. Kaunda, I would agree with you. I think that meeting in the middle is probably the, the best route, though it's hard to find where that middle ground is because sometimes that star player, even if he is 24, has to sort of you know be massaged and, and brought back into the fold and made to feel comfortable. Um, but this coach has really done quite well with this team o uh, over the years. And I think that um, the Atlanta Hawks are in a relatively good spot. They're um, relatively high in the Eastern Conference standings. They're, they're like fifth in, in, in the East right now as we record this. Um, but things could be better. Um, and I think that's also where, yeah, you know, the argument against, you know, like citing the coach all the way comes in. is like, yeah, they could also be worse. And I think this is where we've got to really find a way to, to make sure that the young stars are supported all the way through. Um, Pounder, can you believe we've come to the end of the podcast? Uh, yeah, and you've only asked me one question when you said you'd ask me a couple, but like, look, yeah, I figured you know what, you gave, such a, fun. you gave such <laughs> an eloquent answer to that one question, it was good enough. So, we're gonna All leave right. it at that. All right, but yeah. thank you so much, Kate. Um, let's give everybody our social media handles yet again. We are at Post Up Podcast on Twitter, at Post Up Zone on Instagram, at Post Up Zone on Facebook. For all things NBA from an African perspective. We will be talking about the games coming up over Christmas. That's our favorite time of the year. It's the most wonderful time. Had to throw that in the calendar. Um, and I think that's a topic yes, that we really have to get into. Yes. And oh, of course, that's what my beard's all about. Not quite gray or white bearded enough yet. And um, we also will talk about our African players. We've got to share some light on who's doing well from the continent that's, and give them some love. And speaking of giving some love, here's more love to our partners. Thank you, Supersport.com, for all of your help and all your assistance. Um, Kounder, it's been absolutely real. It's been hectically emotional, but I've loved every minute of it. <laughs> so emotional, you almost fell asleep. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Kay. Keep listening to the podcast and make sure you keep tuning in 
because there's always great NBA goodness from us. We will catch you again courtside.